What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area, and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside co-host Jack, and you are listening to the 143rd, I'm 99% sure, episode of the Hogline Podcast. Checking now, checking now, checking now. We haven't... 43? Yep, you're correct. We haven't done an episode in, in a couple weeks here. We apologize. We were... We not we were we still are in the process of planning a mini Jeopardy tournament, which which once that commences, we will um you we guys will put will, it out. <laughs> we will put it out. And you guys will definitely enjoy it. I think <laughs> it, it's going to be a great episode. A series of episodes. Yeah, it, it's a it's a four person tournament. Jack and I will be competing in it along with two mystery guests. Yeah, but. We promise it will be better than the last Jeopardy episode where we hyped it up a lot. It was between Shref, Ryan Rugel, and Jack. We dubbed it the Clash of the Titans. And I think Jack was the leader going into Final Jeopardy, and he had zero points. So that yeah. just, that sums up what that matchup was like. But I'm yep. going to be competing in this one, so I guarantee it will not disappoint, and I will at least do better than those three chumps. So... Yeah. Anyway, so we apologize for the delay with that. We we wanted to have it out this week, but there were some things that came up that uh, prevented us from doing so. So we will get it out in due time. But for now, uh, for today's episode, we decided to give you guys another player profile. Our first one, if you haven't checked that out, we encourage you to do so. It was on former St. Louis running back, St. Louis Rams running back Trey Mason. Uh, it was a very intriguing episode. We did a deep dive on his life. Um, so we, we, we thought it was a good idea. So we'll give you guys a, um, another player here today and full disclosure. I didn't do much research by much. I didn't do any research. And I, I mean, I know who this guy is as I'm sure a lot, a lot of our listeners do as well, but Jack is here to educate us all. And apparently his research has quote unquote snowballed. So I'm excited to see where this, did you say who this who we're who we're researching who we're profiling? I did not yet. The uh, the the person we will be discussing today is Rory Hachimura. The as if they don't know that. Like we're gonna we're gonna name the episode that. But anyway, continue. Right? Correct. Yeah, I, did, I didn't <laughs> formally introduce um, our highlighted player today. So Jack will be telling us all about him. I mean, my knowledge just kind of goes to the extent of 
He's Japanese. He played at Gonzaga, and he's in his. He completed his second year, right? So he was drafted uh, yes, in 20, yeah. 20, uh, 19. He was drafted in nineteen. Yeah. I don't remember what overall. I think it was in the teens somewhere, probably. Ninth. Ninth. Okay. So yeah, top ten draft pick, um, up and coming player in the league. And I'm sure Jack will have a ton of more information. So this is pretty much his show today. And I'm, I'm just along here for the ride and to help facilitate discussion. So you can uh, start us off where, wherever you'd like from, from birth up until uh, wherever, wherever you want. So the floor is yours. Okay. So Rui Achimura, as Mitchell said, and I'm sure many people know, he was born in Japan. Uh he is half Japanese, which is from his mother, and half Beninese, which comes from his father. Benin is a country in West Africa, which I've just found out. Um, he was born on February 8th, 1998 in Toyama, Toyama, in Japan, which I looked up a few uh, Japanese-born athletes that I know of which is Shohei, um, that tennis girl, Noami, Noami, yeah, Osaka, and uh, Ichiro. And Toyoma is relatively close to Ichiro's birthplace of Aichi. So (laughs) there you go. I mean, in terms of basketball players, he's probably got to be the only one I can think of. I'm sure there's maybe a handful. I mean, oh, I'm gonna get into that. Oh, okay, okay. never mind. Didn't want so to. So that's later. Um, right. So his name Rui R U I. It means base or fortress in Japanese, which he was named by his maternal grandfather, whom loved baseball, and throughout his Rui's childhood, he played baseball and was a pitcher and catcher. Uh, and baseball was his main focus for most of his childhood, um, but gave up the sport because uh, although he allegedly had a good fastball, he had a self-proclaimed control issues on the mound. He said something in an interview. He said something like, no one could catch my ball. So he, he gave it up. <laughs> um, so then he was encouraged by basketball and he picked up basketball only in middle school. That's when he started playing. Um, and athleticism and size making could come as a surprise. If you look at his parents, he said his mother was not an athlete and his father was only six feet tall and Rui stands at like six foot eight. So a little bit of an anomaly. However, his, he has a younger brother who I think is six foot five and also currently plays college level basketball in Japan. So interesting anecdote there about his family, uh, history. Um, I wonder where he got his height from. Maybe one of his grandparents was, t- I mean, maybe you didn't, really, you didn't mention his mom's height. You just said that she wasn't necessarily. Yeah. And I couldn't find that out, but he, right. She wasn't an athlete is all he said. Right. She must've been kind of tall. I don't know. Right. Hmm. Um, what else Buzz? early years? He expressed difficulty growing up biracial in giant in Japan, excuse me, in Japan's dominant monoculture. Um, Quote from yeah, him. Doesn't seem, I mean, I don't really quite know the demographics specifically of Japan, but it doesn't seem that diverse. So Yeah, right. Um, his quote was, they looked at me I, like I was different. I got used to it. 
it is what it is because they don't have but so many they don't have so many black people in japan i'm really proud of being about being half african half japanese it's rare i'm glad to be like this um that was in uh that quote was directed towards like growing up in japan more recently he came out and uh defended um not defended but just expressed struggles online with racial hate towards him and his brother um i guess that's kind of related there um but moving off of that uh i go again okay going back to his childhood early years um high school in 2013 2014 and 2015 he led his team Masai Masai M-E-S-E-I high school to three straight titles in the all Japan high school tournament <laughs> um pretty dominant so he went to high school in Japan is what you're correct saying, right? yes okay. yeah yeah uh, he represented Japan internationally at the 2013 FIBA U16 tournament in Iran, leading Japan to third place. Um, the following year, in the 2014 U17 FIBA tournament, uh, again was on the Japanese national team. He led the team in scoring and scored 25 points on a USA team that went on to win the title and consisted of Jason Tatum, Josh Jackson, Caleb Swanigan, Ivan Rapp. So nice. played against them when he was... Uh, U seventeen, correct? Yeah, U seventeen, right. Um, let's see. So that yeah, that was pretty much his high school basketball career. Um, later on in his high school basketball career, he was being pursued. I guess he was put on notice by U.S. scouts in the FIBA tournaments, primarily. I would say, um, pursued most heavily by Arizona, LSU, Iowa State, and Gonzaga. I think he ultimately chose Gonzaga because. I think he said something like had had similarities to his hometown, Japan. Um, I don't necessarily know what exactly, but that's kind of cool. Also, thinking about it, like, um, I want to, how far is that flight from Japan to like Spokane, Washington? Like, a, that's got to be the closest school there is to US school there is to his home, right? Oh, yeah. I feel like that definitely is. I mean, definitely of the four you mentioned there with LSU, Iowa State, Arizona is somewhat closer. But, yeah, Washington is probably that. Okay, it's not that close. But, <laughs> I mean, is it one of the more – it's got to be one of the more western points in the continental United States. So Yes. It still looks like it's a 13-hour flight. Well, yeah, I mean, anything's going to be far, so – Okay. Um, back to Rui. That's what we're going again. Uh, so we signed his national letter of intent to play for Gonzaga in November of 2015. However, there were concerns over his literacy, literacy in the English language and rumors he'd possibly have to go to a, a prep school uh, before attending uh, Gonzaga or maybe redshirting Gonzaga was in the picture too, just because... Um, he just wasn't literate in the English language. Uh, so that was around when he signed his letter of intent to play in like late fall. Uh, that was in November, 2015. And then by February, 2016, Rui has claimed to understand 80% of the English language, but was only able to speak 30 to 40% of it. Uh, so what he continues. Say it again. 
what year did you say that what that was that was in february of 2016 oh so just about a year later less than a year oh no in november 2015 is when he signed his national letter of intent and four months he learned all that at the same time as when the rumors were yeah that he uh so a couple months he studied a lot uh during that time he dedicated six hours a day to learning english aided by watching american tv shows such as his favorite was the vampire diaries and he also listened to rap music a lot okay um but still it was still in question of whether he would be able to play gazaga right away um so he continued he because he had to take the sats so he continued to study for the sats uh during this couple months stretch here but by may 2016 he announced he met the sat and gpa requirements to be eligible to play gonzaga and did not have to redshirt and he could play as a true freshman so pretty crazy time like he's getting ready to play at one of the best basketball programs in the united states college basketball programs in the united states also learning english and like so watching the vampire diaries right yeah so that's an interesting time and a unique time that i'm sure many college recruits and now nba players did not go through right um because i feel like a lot of international players don't go to college right here at least yeah so hey, it's definitely a unique case and from his perspective so definitely uh, so his his freshman year would be he's probably the same class as as me, right? Yeah. So is twenty sixteen to seventeen was his freshman year. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, there's not much to tell. So as a freshman at Gonzaga that year, he averaged only four point six minutes per game, but became the fifth Japanese born player to play Division One basketball. Um, and there's really nothing to this pertaining to him. I mean, he was a that year as a freshman. He was a part of the team, as I said, four minutes. Yeah, a game, they, but, they made a national championship, right? Yeah, then lost to UNC. Um, he didn't play really, so I mean, there wasn't really nothing, nothing to note other than that he was on that team. Um, sophomore season, he averaged twenty point seven minutes per game. He started in only two of the thirty seven minutes, thirty seven games that season. Uh, so he came primarily off the bench, but averaged 11.6 points per game and almost five rebounds a game, um, which was enough to catch the attention of, uh, I guess, media. Um, as he entered his junior season, he was named to the preseason all, uh, what's that conference? Western Co- Western West Coast Conference? Yeah, yes. he was named to the all-West Coast team. Yeah. yeah. Um, which he lived up to the hype as he in that debut in their first game that season he had 33 points in their crushing defeat over idaho state um hype continues as two weeks later achimura and gonzaga upset the number one ranked Zion williamson led duke team in the maui invitational finals and achimura was also named mvp of that tournament uh, so he's definitely gaining some traction there. Um, throughout the season, he had a great season. Uh, he almost averaged almost 20 points per game, six and a half rebounds per game, was named the West Coast Conference Player of the Year in 2019. Uh, led Gonzaga to the Elite Eight, but was defeated by Jarrett Culver and the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who went on to lose that NCAA championship. But in that 
in that game, in the Elite Eight game, Achimura put up 22.6 rebounds uh, in a losing effort. And that concluded his college career. Yeah, I was. Whenever I when we decided to 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 focus on him, and I was I was trying to remember that year of how far they made it. I knew they they definitely made it to the second weekend. I and it makes sense now. It's coming back to me how the, how they made the Elite Eight. I know Brandon Clark really had a had a good. Um, he was on that team as well. He had a nice uh, tournament, probably a nice season overall. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of coming back to me as we're talking about it here, but definitely a great junior season and made sense for him to declare for the NBA drafts, which he, uh, he did. And he was picked ninth by the, by the wizards. Correct. So shortly after the tournament, uh, mid April, he announced he will be declaring for the NBA draft. And as you just said, was taken ninth overall by the wizards. Now here's where my research gets interesting. Uh, he became the first Japanese-born player to be drafted in the first round. Hmm. And only the second Japanese-born player to be drafted ever in the NBA. Wow. The other is... I don't know. Hard to say. No, it's hard to say. I'm going to go for it. Uh, Yasutaka Akayama. And what year was he drafted in? He was drafted in the eighth round of the 1981 NBA draft by the Golden State Warriors. However, he did not sign with them, so he did not play a game in the NBA. So is Hachimura the only player, Japanese player to play in an NBA game? No. Who is? So I'll get to that, but I want to go into more about Yasutaka Akiyama. <laughs> okay. To this day, Akiyama is still the tallest player to ever be drafted in the NBA. Oh, really? Seven foot eight, 330 pounds. Oh my gosh. He's taller than Manute Bull. Yeah. Um, so going more into Akiyama here. <laughs> oh, wow. We're really taking a dive here. I'm, I'm, all right. Go ahead. I just went into a rabbit hole and I just was very interested in this story. Um, oh, when there's when you say that he's the tallest player ever to get drafted, that'll definitely catch your eye. So. Yeah. So he was a, <laughs> he didn't play basketball until he was 18. Um, wow. Okay. Akiyama was a black belt in judo in high school. That was the only sport he played. Uh, and then began playing basketball when he went to college at Osaka University of Commerce in Japan, uh, which he was six foot 10 at the time and was quickly, I don't know how quickly, but he was recruited by the University of Portland here in Portland. Um, he spent two years at the University of Portland. However, he uh, didn't make it to their... He, he never played a varsity game for University of Portland um, because he received a medical check after two years of playing there that revealed he had gigantism. Gigantism. Okay, what is that? <laughs> gigantism is simply just a... It's an excessive growth and height uh, caused by overproduction of your growth hormones. So you're just too, like, you're just really tall. Hmm. Can be diagnosed of people who are between like seven and nine feet. Um, wow. And it's not even a hereditary, hereditary condition. I read over 50% of the cases aren't even linked to genetic causes. So this just serves as an example of how like complex the disorder is. So, so you just can just have like normal height parents. And right. And then your sudden... kid just be like gigantic. Wow. Yeah, so um, 
so yeah so back to akayama um he graduated from university of portland uh and then went back to play in the japanese basketball league the jbl from 1979 to 1990 for the sumitomo metal sparks that is a great name yeah um he won Rookie of the Year in the JBL in 1979, leading the league in rebounds at nine rebounds a game and 22 points per game. So early success in the JBL, uh, which caught the eye of NBA scouts and was drafted by the Warriors, as I said, in 1981. Um, ultimately didn't sign with them. Um, I, don't, I think the reason he didn't sign with them was more on his end there were concerns over his like ability to play because at that time in 1981, he was 27 and he was always older and slower than most rookies. Um, so I guess that was a concern of the Warriors um, and other NBA teams. Uh, however, I mean, he was still drafted to take a chance on him, but I mean, in the eighth round, you might as well. At that point. Right. Uh, playing time concerned him. Akiyama because uh didn't think he would play. He, obviously would not get the minutes he was in the JVL and the political climate at the time in the early eighties made it difficult for international players to find their, to get their footing in the NBA. So that um, ultimately led to his decision of staying in Japan, which maybe that fueled him, that fueled the fire a little bit because he uh, stayed in Japan, led the JBL in scoring and rebounds in 1981 and in 1982 had first five, he had five first-team JBL selections um, in his first five years in the JBL and then earned an MVP throughout his 11-year JBL career. Uh, retired in 1990 and then coached for the Metal Sparks uh, for a few seasons Then coached at his former college in Japan for a few seasons and also wrote a book for young basketball players in 1989. Wow. That's so delightful. Yeah, so that's my little uh, tangent on Yasataka Akayama. So essentially what you're saying is Akayama crawled so Hachimura could walk. Correct. I think that guy definitely made the right decision. I mean, sounds like he had a very successful and uh, good life and a, and a great career from the decision yeah. he made. So. And he's still alive. Because I, I was going to ask, is he still alive? Yeah, I mean, as far his Wikipedia was kind of like didn't have any information on like he he co his coaching career ended in like 1999. There's been nothing on him since. So maybe he's probably just like not keeping a low profile, not doing anything nowadays. But um, it's not public knowledge that he is dead. Which I I read a little bit about giganticism gigantism i keep saying that wrong um i mean no i don't know how minute bull died and i feel like the, those like people who are that tall like have a short life don't have a long life expectancy uh so i mean if he is alive what well, that that would make him i think he was born in 55 so he'd be like 60 how old now? 70-something? No, he'd be uh, 60... 66. Six. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. 
Well, I guess uh, n- no news is good news in that front. I'm I'm sure it would be sure. like reported somewhere if if he, if he had passed. So, um, no, good for him. I didn't mean to laugh at the condition. It was just I was not expecting you to say that. So I just, yeah, it was it was my reaction there. So, um, wow. Okay, maybe maybe we can title this episode. I apologize for his name, Akiyama and Hachimura. So. Yasu, Yasutaka Akiyama. Nice. All right. Well, anyway, let's try to connect the docs back to Hachimura. Right. Yeah, back to Trapped your by back the to Wizards Rui. in uh, 2019, ninth overall. And uh, tell us a little bit about his uh, transition to Washington and his rookie year there. Uh, his rookie season. Um, he started immediately as a rookie. Which yeah, wizards weren't or I mean are still are in dire straits. So yes. putting him in the lineup right away was probably the uh the move. Uh yeah. Averaged thirteen point five points per game, six point one rebounds per game as a rookie, and was named to the NBA second all second team all rookie second team. Um in his rookie season, he played against Utah Watanabe of the Grizzlies. Um, becoming the first pair of Japanese-born players to ever face each other in the NBA. Hmm. Um, and then honestly, I don't. There's really not much else to say about his NBA career. He put up comparable stats his sophomore season, which just concluded. Um, like almost identical. I feel like they were. Uh, still started every game, and um. Yeah, that's all I got. Really current news. Uh, Corey Kispert, his former Gonzaga teammate, just got drafted to the Wizards tonight, oh. like literally 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so, wow. uh, yeah, right as we hit record, he got drafted. So that was uh, another note. Um, I believe that would be all I have on Rui Achimura. Yeah, uh, well, well, that was very uh, dense and thorough, and definitely it was interesting to hear about him and sorry, Yasutaka Akayama. Yeah, that gentleman as well. And I mean, yeah, he he's had a very pretty solid start, I'd say, to his NBA career. And yeah, I mean, news that broke today that Russell Westbrook is no longer on the team, so right. potentially Hachimura will be looked on to be you know, taking another step forward and being a, a more of a focal point in the offense and um, definitely a team, the Wizards, and who knows, maybe by the season starts, Beal will be gone as well. You never know. So definitely a team that has a lot, a lot of rebuilding to do and has a lot of young players. So, you know, I, I it, it does look like a very bleak situation, but you just have to hope that, Hachimura and you know a couple of younger guys developed together and maybe could uh, make some noise in like two to three years or so. So we look for him to make a uh, a third year jump, and uh, I mean he should probably lead the team in minutes. Maybe you know he should be out there a lot. So well, Beal is still there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Beal. But I mean, I feel like it's been rumored for him to be gone for so long now. I just feel like it's inevitable at some point. But he may get dealt. I saw after the rust trade broke today, uh, Beal said, or there was an alert saying Beal has expressed that he did not does not want to be. He wants to stay in Washington. Which man, that's good for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's even more impressive than 
more loyalty than Damian Lillard expressing interest to stay or just wanting to stay in Portland. So, yeah, I mean, at least the Trailblazers can make the play. Like the Wizards <laughs> barely make the play. I know they right? made it this year, but barely. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, that, that was definitely a good episode. And uh, thanks for doing the research there. And, and I, I, as something I had no idea um, about. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that was good stuff. And um, yeah, if, if anyone else out there, Hogline Nation, has anyone else you want us to focus on, we're certainly always open to uh, suggestions for our next player profile. They're definitely good to do around this time of year when there's not too much going on on the, in the sports world. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for the Jeopardy episode coming in. in I'm, I'm not going to put a timetable on it, but it should be out soon. And we, we look forward to it. Definitely yep. going to be Jack. Um, and then, you know, football season's right around the corner. I mean, we're, we're, I'm sure we'll have a nice, hefty NFL preview show for you. I mean, I mean, I am down to analyze every game and pick every game and go, you know, records that way. So I'm going to be doing that anyway, even if we don't record it or not. So um, I'm sure we'll have a very in-depth NFL preview and then, you know, the season rolls around and our content will always be, uh, will be ramped up from there. So definitely an exciting time and, you know, football season is always the best when it comes back around. So we're, we're about a month away from that. Yep. Um, all right, folks, thanks for listening. And, uh, we will catch you next time. Follow us on Instagram at Hogland podcast. Thank you to Mr. Tease. And we will, uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great day. See you.